welcome to another session of Midnight Ramblings. I'm Carrie Rosenthal and I'm with Jenny Silverstein and we're here today and we're just going to talk about what we thought about in the middle of the night. <laughs> that sounds, <laughs> sounds good since we are big thinkers in the middle of the night, right, Carrie? Yep, absolutely. Although this well, week was quiet. I, I will say that my brain for some reason was very silent this week. Interesting. Well, maybe it's because we're, maybe because we're doing this. Maybe. And it's also, you know, and then I was like, is it because of the new year? Like, it was just like, you know, I had nothing to bring. Yeah. I mean, I do think symbolically in the new year, there's kind of a clearing that happens, which is completely crazy because we invented this whole calendar and we invented time in a way. Right. And my son said that to me, he's like, what's with the year? Why are we making a big deal out of year? Why not a year and a half? Why not two years? Why not three months? Well, like, exactly. I answer. I was like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, let me have this piece and let me just celebrate it. Um, so what, what are we talking about today, Carrie? Well, Jenny, <laughs> just laughing. Um, I think that you had a really interesting thing happen with the breakage. And I thought we, we sort of started talking about that. And maybe yeah. we'll tie that into the new year in some way. Oh, that would be interesting. Well, yeah, so let me just give a brief context to this. Um, my sister is a sound healer and she set up this like amazing space in her garage um, for sound healing. And she has all these instruments and um, they're, they're these beautiful crystal bowls made out of quartz, which are very expensive. And then she has other instruments and lights and it's very like healing in there. And my daughter and her are very close and my daughter was visiting her, my, she's 14 and I was not there at the time, but my daughter asked my sister to go into the garage and uh, play the bowls. And she did. And lo and behold, being 14 and, and not knowing the instruments, one of the bowls broke. And it happened to be a bowl that was very, very important to my sister. It represented like, I don't, I don't actually know what it represented, but it was, it was, she said there was three bowls and we have three sisters in our, you know, and each bowl was like one of the sisters and the one that broke represented like her in a way. And, um, it was, I've never seen my sister so upset. And no, not only was the bowl very expensive, um, which I think was sort of on the side, but it, it was the, the fact that something that she, was really special to her had broken. And I believe this is a really um, good metaphor um, for all of us um, when we're experiencing loss. And it was really interesting because, um, you know, when the bowl had broken, you know, my sister had lost hearing in one of her ears. Um, 20, she only could hear 20%. And oh, after the bowl, when was hmm? that? When was that? I, that was about 15 years ago. And when this bowl broke, and I had come in after this happened about 45 minutes after I drove down from LA, she lives in Orange County. So I had, it was like after the scene of the crime had happened, I entered and she told me, she was crying to my other sister who was there. And she then also said that all of a sudden she could hear again in her ear. And we were like, even though it was this incredible loss, all of a sudden she could hear again in one of her ears, which was so interesting. 
so I just thought it would be an interesting thing for us to talk about on the podcast since this just happened last night. I mean, a few questions for you. First of all, when you was she upset or was she like marveling at the fact that she had her hearing back and that this was a new beginning or was she devastated? Like, I'm, I'm not clear which way she was. Oh, she was devastated. She wasn't really thinking of the positive things that out of it at this point. She was devastated because of the loss of and the sudden uh, break. And it's interesting. I mean, obviously, was it was it reflective in her mind of her own death? Is that what you're saying? You know, it was interesting because she said something like, "I don't want this all to be in vain." She said something like that, and um, I don't like. I don't want to, almost like, I don't want to die in vain. I don't want to, like, it was obviously super meaningful for her. No, I get that because I know when I, okay, so this is a totally different kind of thing and no way does it land in the spiritual category of your sister's bowl. But when I grew up, I was very, when I was little, I was not the most happy of children. And I had um, this stuffed animal named Benji. And I had it, I had it, I kept it. I still, to this day, I'm 50 years old, and I feel like a connection to this stuffed animal. And I think that's because it was a receptacle for sadness when I was young, my anxiety when I was young. It just sort of was there in this very unconditional way, like we were talking about animals being, even though it's not a living, breathing thing. Yeah. At any rate, my stepfather, who I love and has passed away, um, he was cleaning out the basement and it was in a box and it was a ratty old stuffed animal. And I'd been out of the house for 20 years and he threw it away. And I remember feeling so like my, it hurt, like it literally hurt. And I thought, my God, this is an inanimate object. It is nothing, but it gets back to kind of what we were talking about last week. It has, it somehow clicked into me and was part of me and represented or helped me grow in that moment. And like we were talking about last time, even if someone doesn't stay with you or a thing doesn't stay with you, if if that thing helps you move forward or around or change in some way or develop, it's moving and touching to you, I think, in a way. And therefore, when it's gone, it's painful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're reading Ode to a Grecian Urn right now. Would you like to read it? <laughs> no, I actually was told, I was thinking about the stuffed animal and I have something like that from my childhood too. And I think there's these sort of remnants, you know, um, of memories and our past that lie in these objects. And I was actually just trying to find a, that story of, it's like a, it's like a Japanese you know, story of um, this bowl that breaks mm-hmm. and it gets repaired with gold. And mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't find it. Um, but it's, it's the whole idea that something gets broken, but you can repair it with gold and it's more beautiful than it was before, you know, so that out of brokenness comes beauty and reparation and something and a lesson and a teaching. And I, and I do believe that this bowl that my sister broke something beautiful is going to come out of it. But but before that comes out of it, you do have to experience that incredible loss, loss of that stuffed animal, loss of that time of innocence of childhood. And then you might still have that object and, and it, and it um, brings up all of these past memories and, and feelings. Um, 
but through that, again, comes some kind of teaching and the teaching is, yeah. Well, I was going to say, and maybe, and this is going to sound a little cynical, but like in my case with the thing, I didn't really learn anything other than I, I, I tell myself in the same way you tell your, I tell myself when people pass away that it's still with me, whatever clicked into me about that stuffed animal is no less with me now. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just that this object that I feel I put myself into or was present during this time in my life is yeah. gone. And in the same way, it's interesting to me and kind of ironic that, and, I, and please don't think I'm judging your sister because I'm not, I can see how that would be really painful. And it clearly was. I think the thing that I'm ad- thinking about is that here she is, this is a sound bowl. And now right. she can hear again. It's almost right. like it took the bowl to break, to have the bowl, to break the bowl, and then somehow she can hear again, to now hear twice as much as she heard before, however more she's hearing now that her 20% of her hearing is back in her um, one of her ears. So it's so interesting to me that whether or not it's, le- you know, there's sort of two points that I was just making, but I, I, it's interesting to me because there's this real, um, like... I really, when you were telling me the story, didn't know if it was going to be a sad story or this major positive story. Well, and isn't that what what all loss is? You know, whether you're going through a divorce, whether you're you're a, there's a death of a of of a pet or a family member or whatever. You know, let's just take the example of a divorce. Um, you know, you're in this. You know, what what see, seems like this incredible loss. Yet, as, as one of my clients said in, in um, the women's group that I run, she said, rejection is God's protection. It's like a Buddhist, or no, I think it's from the Bible, actually, mm-hmm. um, that when something, uh, and there's another one by this Christian mystic, Andrew Harvey, that says, in the end, um, you are saved by the things that ignore you, you know, so that sometimes the loss and the things that that seem like you know, broken and, and, and not in your best interest or whatever. Those are the things that are your, your greatest teachers, you know? And I, I do believe that's interesting that you thought it, you know, which way is this going to go? Is this a loss? Is this a transformation? Is this a, you know, beautiful story or is this a, you know, broken story? Um, and I think it's both mm-hmm. that, we have to go through this portal of loss and brokenness in order to find the gold. And by the way, I did find this poem. So at some point I want to read it. It's actually like a Psalm. And I think it's very, um, maybe I can read it at the end. Okay. Sounds it's good. called more beautiful for being broken. Okay. I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should send it to your sister. <laughs> I did. I just did. <laughs> I just found it. But anyways, I do, I do think that, there's this potential every single day um, for being broken because every single day we're dying and we are breaking down. Um, And out of that brokenness, we have the opportunity each and every moment to find gold or to find the hearing or to find the, um, the lesson. But most of us, go ahead. Most of us just, you know, first of all, don't, realize that we're dying we just stare at our phones all day or we scream at our kids or we you know try to figure out what we're going to make for dinner um 
And, you know, we may have aches and pains and say, oh my God, I have a headache and I need to take Advil or I, you know, my back hurts or whatever as we get older. Um, but we're actually breaking down um, in a way and we have to celebrate that every single moment, um, celebrate that brokenness and find that beauty because if we don't, you know, when, and I've seen this at the end stage of life, when I, when I did, um, a dissertation partly on this, um, it, it was like, it wasn't a, it was a master's thesis on the end, end stage of life, which is integrity versus despair. When you're, you know, regretting all the things that you didn't celebrate or enjoy, or, or you, you just saw. It's interesting because I, I keep thinking about this past year with COVID and all of us being so locked up. And, and, and in many ways, I think many people think of it as an awful, terrible year. And, and it, I would concur with that. But at the same time, I feel like there was this break in our normal daily lives. Um, I, I can give a, a different example. When I moved from New Jersey to Chicago, I remember everything felt new again sort of like I, I had been living a certain way for 20 years. And then all of a sudden um, there was this big, like new house, new friends, new everything. Like everything was yeah. new, new places to shop. And, and by shop, I mean grocery shop. Um, and it, it, it felt thrilling. And so often in life, we don't, um, you know, I don't know if the word is break, but we don't take a moment to switch it up enough so that then you do sort of get in this sort of role that doesn't end versus like in a way that break is an opportunity for your sister. And it's a break, even, even you know, when my, my grandmother, who I was very dearly, dearly close to, she died of cancer when I was like 27. And it was, I remember being on a plane just sobbing that she, she wasn't, she was just diagnosed with cancer at this point. Yeah. And I, I couldn't even contain myself like on this plane next to this random person that I was, I wasn't even talking to him. I just couldn't stop crying. And I have to say that I remember thinking I was so lucky to have her at all. And like, it filled my, my life so much and don't get me wrong. I miss her, but I still feel like I had her and right. that break in our relationship made me, I was aware of it prior to it. But I think afterward, even as I started interacting with different people, I thought, now who is, who is the next person? I hadn't met my husband yet. I hadn't had children. I hadn't had the dog, you know, my pretty much my whole life with the exception of my brother and my mother has changed since then. Wow. And I believe that it's like, you know, the reason we have families or friends or connections with people is to continue life on. I mean, well, I, I think what you're saying is, is really profound, Carrie. And I think, wow. um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, any, any new awareness or sudden break, you know, in, in anything, whether it's, it's a break in a pattern, like with COVID, um, like all of a sudden you hear about this virus in Wuhan and you don't think it's going to come. And then it comes to your door and it knocks on your door. And all of a sudden the call that, you know, your grandmother has cancer or, you know, somebody's not in love with someone any, anymore, you know, there's, and then there's a break up, 
you know, or there's an accident where some a, a car breaks down, or you know, there's um, you know, my my husband had a, a broke his hip in a, a mountain biking accident suddenly was helicoptered to UCLA a couple of years ago, you know, and these things come without warning. Um, however, when that break happens, um, it is always an opportunity. It is always an opportunity to shift your awareness because there's always new possibilities. You know, it reminds me of the story of the bee in the window that, you know, I remember years ago just laying in my bed and watching this bee bang itself on the window trying to get out, you know, and I, I, I went over and I opened the glass door and I was trying to like show the bee that there's a door right there and you just fly out that way. But no, the bee couldn't see the door, you know, feel the door or whatever. And it banged itself to death. So I watched it like buzzing on the carpet. Right. And so okay, I have to stop you because that is so brilliant. Let's just take that. <laughs> I'm going to just do a, whoa, because isn't that exactly it? Because when we were just talking a second ago about yeah. the word, even the word break up, right? Where you break, you can break up or break down. Yeah. But how many of us, right? And a breakup is a horrible thing. But when you think about it, you can, it just made me think of the difference. You can oh, for sure. break down, but think about that. How many of us really always break up? I mean, that's all idealistic and wonderful, but we're often the bee banging our head against the wall going, I can't figure out how to break up. I'm just breaking down. <laughs> right. Know? And so it's right. Like, and and right. Or the insect element, if you will, if yeah. you will, we're talking about a bee. We have to accept. Well, and, and if you think about the word bee. Yeah. It's just like, okay. Bee. No, bee. bee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that's exactly it. We also have to give ourselves the peace of mind to know that it's, you know what, it's actually pretty natural to hit your head against the wall 7,000 times before you do get to the break up part of it as opposed right. to breaking down. Exactly. That's and normal. even the, that the, is a hundred percent what we are here for is to learn how to find the door. And sometimes and we don't make it out the door. Sometimes right. we are just really sad that and our we're, we're buzzing on our back on and trying to, you know, <laughs> your poor sister. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, but I, I, I do think just those two words, and I know you, both of us love words and are kind of wordsmiths, but, um, you know, breaking up versus breaking down, um, you know, a breakup always brings a negative connotation in a relationship, certainly. Um, but when you, when you break up the energy, yeah. it's like yeah. you do find the door, you know, you do turn around. I mean, the whole idea is a new direction. break it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. break up the energy, the molecules, whatever it is, shift your perspective and, and notice, you know, there's another quote that I just read, you know, when, um, <laughs> really do when like you recognize it. something like, you know, that all mirrors can become windows, you know, wait, stop. My, my brain doesn't do that. <laughs> all mirrors, that all quote. mirrors, mirrors, got it. Mirrors that you're, um, that you're, because you're, you're looking, looking at yourself. Talk, talk to me about that, Jenny. I'm not getting it. <laughs> okay. So I'm trying to find the exact quote, but I can't find it. But well, the way I understand it is, oh, maturity is when all of your mirrors turn into windows. Okay. That I get. That I get. Okay. So that everything that you're, is reflected back to you, mm -hmm. you know, and this kind of relates to 
the bee and, and, yep. and yep. looking out the window. Yep. That oftentimes we're so obsessed with ourselves and nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, I, I have a harsh, right. but so, we, so, we, we just write something down so I don't forget. Because okay. you're going to laugh your head off when I tell you this story. Go on. Okay, okay. Well, I'm just saying, you know, especially I see it with teenagers, you know, and especially on Zoom, you know, staring at yourself and, and picking. I, I mean, I do sessions oh, after session with this. teenagers. They're staring at themselves 24 hours a day, and, and they're just picking themselves apart, and they, they, they're like, oh, my God, my hair, my nose, my, my skin. You know, nobody cares. And, I mean, I, mean, I, I want to say, like, people care, but... Um, you know, what if those mirrors are all windows and what if we could just shift our perspective and, and see there's a larger world out there. And when you were talking about your story of moving, you know, I mean, I was thinking the other day, you know, like we get used to familiarity. We, you know, I think Freud said, you know, we cling on to our young, like, like a lion clings on to its cubs and we don't want to let the the baby go because we are creatures of habit and we like familiarity. However, when there's a breakup or a shift in perspective, we're forced to look at things in a different way and we're forced to break up that energy and and look out the window right. and, and fly out. And, and, and then we're like, oh my God, this has well, been here all funny. along. Okay, so there's two things. Now I have two stories I have to tell oh, you. Oh God, okay. All, one is when I was... When I lived in New Jersey, we took something called the Midtown Direct to New York. And my niece came to visit me. She was maybe five or six. Now, I hated this train. I hated it. I hated the smell of it. I mean, I just hated where I was. I didn't want to be going to work, <laughs> you know, whatever it was. My niece, when this train came, was the first train she'd ever been on. She was so thrilled. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, if I could only be that delighted by this train every day. Like, Oh, my God, that is so, so that, amazing. So that's just one. Okay, one. well, that's wait, perfect. Wait. Can Hold I just... One more second, because I have okay. one more really, really Go good ahead. thing to say, which is that, what well, may not be good to say, but it's funny as hell. Okay. Um, okay, so when I was um, 21 years old, I went, I went year railing through Europe, and I was by myself, and I went to this place, like, called Cap Die, which is in the middle of, it's near the French Riviera, but it was a youth hostel. And there was a, a nude beach. And of course I'm American. I'm not used to taking my top off in front of people, but I decide, you know what? I'm going for this. I am totally <laughs> going for Carrie. So I go and I take my top off. Well, listeners don't know this, but I, especially then was incredibly fair. So white, like white, <laughs> white, white, fair. And I had put lotion on my arms and the rest of my body, right, but I course. had not put it on my breasts yet. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, if I don't put this on my boobs in front of all of these people, I had no top on and there yeah. was no cover. I thought, I am going to fry. I'm going to fry. I have to do this. And this woman looked, and I was mortified. I mean, when I tell you I was, I, I was like, how am I going <laughs> to rub my breasts in front of everybody? Like, there's no place. And I didn't know anybody to even have a friend stand in front of me. So this woman says to me, don't overestimate your own importance. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I'm telling you. That's I, but you know, so freeing. It was well, really it is so thing. freeing because we walk around in our bodies thinking that we're a magnet for all of our thoughts. And in a way, yes, we could be, but in a way, you know, we are, you know, magnifying 
everything that we think about and thinking that everyone can hear our thoughts or see us and our boobs are white and our hair is <laughs> and whatever. Well, there's this poem called Story About the Body by Robert Hass. And when you hear this, you're not going to believe it because you're not going to believe it. Here goes. The young composer working that summer at an artist colony had watched her for a week. She was Japanese, a painter, almost 60, and he thought he was in love with her. He loved her work, and her work was like the way she moved her body, used her hands, looked at him directly when she mused and considered answers to his questions. One night walking back from a concert, they came to her door, and she turned to him and said, I think you would like to have me. I would like that too. But I must tell you that I have had a double mastectomy. And when he didn't understand, I've lost both my breasts. The radiance that had he had carried around in his belly and chest cavity like music withered quickly, and he made himself look at her when he said, I'm sorry, I don't think I could. He walked back to his own cabin through the pines, and in the morning he found a small blue bowl on the porch outside his door. It looked to be full of rose petals, but he found when he picked it up that the rose petals were on top. The rest of the bowl, she must have swept the corners of her studio, was full of dead. So now it's time for the daylight unscrambling of this week's Midnight Ramblings, which was talking about um, Jenny's sister and how she experienced this loss when she, a very severe sort of response to losing or breaking this bowl, this sound bowl, in which she happened to gain some of her hearing back when that happened. And, it, um, and then we started getting into this conversation about, well, what makes something a break up versus a break down? Up being a positive thing and down being the negative thing. And then Jenny brought up this great metaphor about a bee um, that she saw and this bee was sort of hitting its head against the window and couldn't get out. And she was like, go this way, bee, there's a door open. And we were like, what makes you see that open door? Um, and, or see how to break up versus breaking down. And so we were really sort of exploring that. And, um, and then we ended with this idea that it's really very normal at the end of the day to stumble, to be that bee, to be that thing hitting your head against the wall. But through experience and time and sometimes perspective, you're able to, you can still find your way out the door. And then we ended with this beautiful poem by Robert Hass, which is called The Story of the Body. Um, and it really reflects on what becomes of your bee. <laughs> do you hit your head against the wall? Do you give them as a gift as the person in the poem does? Do you accept yourself or do you hate yourself or do you find sadness in your experiences? And that's really what we talked about today. Until next time, Jenny, a good day from Midnight Ramblings, and we will see you next week. Okay. All right.